Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Jamie. I loved this episode, and I know you will too. Um, I chatted with Chris Steer of Steer LLC. Uh, Chris and I have known each other for a long time. Um, we actually played uh, lacrosse together at Johns Hopkins many years ago. Uh, I was on the team. He was uh, a captain on the team. But he has an executive and leadership coaching business. Um, he's an attorney. He has grown so much through different types of adversity that he's been through personally and types of adversity that he's dealt with uh, in his professional career, uh, working with others' adversity, meaning CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders. Um, and that's really his focus is helping those those leaders uh, be better, the best versions of themselves possible. Um, fantastic, fascinating discussion. I really enjoyed it. Um, he, he talks about how he brings science art and philosophy. So all three of those uh, parts to the approach uh, that he, I guess, employs or deploys when uh, dealing with the, his his programs. And so, I mean, he's all about helping people. He's all about, um, you know, making you a better leader, making your business run in a better fashion. He's all about people and pouring into the people that really are the the foundation of any any organization. So they also work with nonprofits as well. Um, and again, he's got a ton of entrepreneurial, business leadership, um, and and law background and experience as well. So fantastic conversation. He drops a ton of knowledge. He's very vulnerable on this. About we talk about mental health quite a bit, which is obviously a very serious topic. And I know a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs deal with mental health struggles and it's becoming more and more a uh, relevant issue, unfortunately, in, in today's world. So we dive into that quite a bit. And so this truly was one of my favorite episodes. I know you're going to love it. Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S dot com. 
Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us Chris Steer, the founder of Steer LLC. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jamie. It's good to be with you, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, and thanks for for joining us. I know you you have a you're you're a busy guy, and um, so we do appreciate your time. And um, for a little bit of context, Chris and I go back a, a long ways. Actually, um, known each other for many years. Um, you know, uh, we I guess met in uh, in in college back right. at uh, Johns Hopkins. That's we were right. on the same lacrosse team. And um, funny enough, I found a lacrosse ball in my son's room the other day that had um, Terry Reardon, Brian Pacola, and Dave Marr had signed this lacrosse ball. I'm not sure how we still still That's have that. That's too funny. That is too funny. Jamie, anyway. I recently saw those guys, by the way. At Did the, you really? Remember the smoker? Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 Uh, first time I had gone in probably a decade or more and saw those guys, but anyway, gotcha. Just, so anyway. yeah, we can chat offline. Obviously the yeah. listener doesn't need to hear us reminisce yeah. about, all, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- those were some good times. And that was a fantastic lacrosse team. We were both a part of, I think you're, you were a senior when I was a freshman. So we all looked up to, to you guys. And uh, mm. so anyway, Chris, what do you do today? What's your business do? Give us some context. Why should we, why should we listen to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I am so grateful. Uh, Jamie, to be able to do, I'm reminded of a of a Picasso quote. Picasso said, at least it's attributed to him. He said the meaning of life is to find your purpose, right? Um, is to find your gift rather, and the purpose of life is to give it away. So the meaning okay. of life to find your to find your gift, the purpose of life to give it away. And I feel like I'm in that that zone right now where. Um, I help leaders build better organizations, and these are typically small to mid-market for-profit and non-profit organizations that they partner with me to build better leaders, build better managers, build better strategies, uh, build better approaches to optimizing their business. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and we'll we'll certainly later dive in a little bit more on your business. But what what does kind of you already touched on it? But what does your typical client look like? Yeah, typical client is a usually founder led. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a for profit company, it's still probably founder led mm-hmm. um, with with or a or a multi generational family business, Jamie. Okay. So the typical size of a for profit client is going to be you know quarter of a billion dollars or less. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be the high, that usually the high watermark in terms of revenue. Uh, sure. But, but, but more importantly, it's, it's led by people who want to be better, who want to uh, ensure that they're not being 
uh, wed to their existing paradigms or biases about how they mm-hmm. lead and run their business. That's um, really and good. then not prop. We all we, we also work with nonprofits as well, um, and they are they are of varying sizes and across a lot of different industries. Got it. So it's not so much really about what the business does per se. It's more about the. It sounds to me like it's more about the the humans, the people inside the the business, and the mindset of those of those leaders and those people. Yeah, um, well said. That's a fair, definitely a fair characterization. <laughs> Gotcha. So awesome. Like I said, we'll dive into that more in a bit. Um, but let's jump back to your backstory a little bit. I know mm-hmm. you and I spoke briefly before we hit record about a couple of different types of adversity that you've been through. And mm-hmm. you know, the the podcast from adversity to abundance, we're not here to, you know, beat anybody up or tear anyone down. The point is to lift each other up. And through your story, Chris, we can encourage the listener out there Mm -hmm. and when they're going through a hard time or when they're going to be going through a hard time in the future, as far as relationship, financial, you know, um, business related type health related um, struggles and that type thing. And obviously this ties into your, I think in your case, your business and your, Mm -hmm. your family life are all kind of interconnected. Mm So um, let's jump back. Uh, Where do you want to start? You know, it's it's. I, I actually thought of one more uh, instance, Jamie, which you and I share in common. Um, I'll start there, but it's going to be it's going to be a little bit about you know the the, the emotional health, the mental health, um, mm-hmm. some some professional adversity okay. uh, to go along with some of those emotional, mental, physical health pieces too. So health and professional, but there's one more that yeah. I wanted to speak to, which really you know, our origin story of our relationship on yeah. the, on a division one um, lacrosse team, it was, it was the first substantive adversity that I had dealt with in my life, other than the loss of a grandparent mm-hmm. was coming into a, what I had perceived in my very narrow view of the world to be my number one goal in life, which was to play at Hopkins, um, mm-hmm. a storied, a storied program. Sure. And coming into that program, thinking that I would play right away and this was going to mm-hmm. be great. And I would be a four-time All-American and this was going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the incredible um, dichotomy of my expectation and what I dealt with for the first, you know, couple of years um, within yeah. that. And, I can, I and can I, relate. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jamie, you, you, yeah. you, and I like that is a that is a very, very much a high level of emotional labor that I was not prepared for, um, and sure. did not have good coping strategies. Was, you know, it just it was a real shock. And while it may seem to some listeners that that's a very a different kind of adversity, it's adversity yeah. nonetheless. For sure. um, and a yeah. very and a very tough lesson for someone who had been building to this point their yeah. entire life. Like Absolutely. this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I've talked to previously uh, about when I got out of college after I had transferred from Hopkins. But you know, once um, we we choked in the quarterfinals at Gettysburg my senior year, and and the point is, season's over, career's over, graduate, boom, my whole identity is kind of gone really <laughs> you know so i think a lot of people cannot relate to that because they don't understand kind of what we put into that to the sport and to um just the amount of work and you know commitment we had but 
But yeah, absolutely. My my first couple of years at Hopkins, my year and a half that I was there did not go so well from a lacrosse standpoint. So that can be, like you said, it's you've built everything up to that point. I mean, Hopkins is, like you said, a very a storied. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's the best of the best as far it's as the best you know, of the best. Yeah. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about that. Like, so yeah. it sounds like, and I obviously know a little bit, but it sounds like your, your college career didn't at least start out the way you anticipated. Is that fair to say? It is very fair to say. And, and while I am, as I reflect, I'm, I'm proud of some of the resilience and the, the, the work ethic required to, to get my self in a better position over my four-year career there. Jamie, if I had, you know, if I had access to a to a podcast like this or a mm-hmm. a thinker like you at that time, I would have been so much better served. My my mental and emotional health would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I would have I would have been able to deal with the opportunity more than than I did. Um, and so, you know, it it I had some um, intermittent playing time. Um, my first couple of years, and that mm-hmm. was a really hard hit to my ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I first really learned about true disappointment. You know, a lot of people relate to these Olympic stories, these people who have trained their entire lives for one moment, and then they fall or they get injured, sure. right? Yeah, it, It's really no different than what you and I did in preparing mm-hmm. to, to play at Hopkins, right? And for so sure. that was a crushing blow that I didn't expect, and those are the blows that that land the heaviest. Um, sure. And so, working through that was a was a very torturous um, time. Mm. And in retrospect, you see the growth that comes from that. Sure. Um, but but let me tell you, brother, like that was hard. <laughs> Not easy to see it at the time. No. So I, I mean, I like I said, you were there for the first year I was at Hopkins and you were a very positive role model, positive influence. So uh, I'm curious from, you know, from your freshman year to your senior year, if you can recall, how did your mindset uh, change? How did you, how did your approach change? Yeah. um, And gosh, if just to, to think about how much, how much better I would have been to myself than knowing what I know now, but at that time, it was my my only default operation or d- default mode. Jamie was to outwork um, mm. and and use it as fuel. Mm. And mm-hmm. so I, I felt this slight from the coaching staff, and I used that as fuel. So gotcha. you know, outwork everybody. And mm-hmm. I think my mantra became, Jamie, don't give the staff a choice. Mm-hmm. Don't sure. give them a choice, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what I had to do. And what I and I've been able to pass this along to, to my kids and people and, and young athletes that I've coached over the last 30 years. But mm-hmm. it is it is a heavy burden to be thrust into a position where you're 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 trying to live your lifelong dream and that dream is being controlled outside of your mm-hmm. realm. Sure. Yeah. Um and and it's not a fair game. And so my standard had to be here mm-hmm. and others had to be here. And mm-hmm. so that's a different kind of labor beyond trying to outwork everybody and outperform everybody. And so sure. ha- having to do that was an incredible rigor that I was not planning on to mm-hmm. toughen, to 
steal yeah. my resolve and my mindset. So gotcha. I think that's what essentially worked for mm-hmm. me at that yeah. time. And for the listeners unfamiliar, again, Hopkins and and your senior year, I mean, the team was number one in the country. Um, this we're not talking about a a, a joke of a of a team here. This is no. one of the best teams that's ever been assembled in in Division One. Um, and uh, so, okay, so then obviously there's a lot more we could unpack, you sure. know, with that. But um, how did you kind of after you graduated? What what mm-hmm. occurred, and you know, from that point on? Yeah. So I think the the capstone to that part of the adversity was. <laughs> And this is things that we still, you know, ruminate on even to this day, Jamie. You know, we, you know, once once you've committed so much time to being an athlete like that, that stays with you forever. But um, sure. I ended up being, as you know, because we were teammates. I was yeah. a captain my senior year, and that is not the design that I had. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be an All American. Mm-hmm. The yeah. captaincy part was, yeah, didn't think about that. Sure. In retrospect. I'm more proud of that mm-hmm. because guess who voted for that? You guys, <laughs> sure. right? Like Absolutely. my teammates, right? Yeah. So it, that has been an incredible piece um, and okay. it's been a driver. And you and I both have taken our athletic experiences and mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and and pulled those through into sure. our professional realms. And that- yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I can relate to so much that you just said, but um, yeah, and looking back being, I mean, being a captain is really more about leadership and serving and it's really less about you. <laughs> right. Right. And whereas being an all American is awesome, but yeah. you know, but I mean, but it's all about, it's all about the accolade and the individual. So it's a different, you know, I think I agree that the leadership uh, role plays has such a bigger, longer lasting impact. And yeah, I've taken so many lessons from team sports and applied mm. that in, in leadership positions. And um, there's so much that, that is, is so valuable in, in real life um, from team sports for sure. Um, so no, I mean, like I said, you were a, a, a great role model and a very positive influence and clearly, you know, you must have worked pretty hard over those four years. I mean, yeah. just to, to get where you did by yeah. your senior year. So, yeah. um, so walk us through kind of after yeah. after Hopkins, then. Sure. Um, so I was uh, my next step in my professional career was in financial services, uh, which I was in for about a year or so. Um, some people will will remember these terms um, that listen. I went and got my series seven, 63 Mm. and 65, which just just means I'm able to be a a Mm -hmm. broker, a stock broker and to sell insurance, et cetera. Um, in a, in a, in a Baltimore firm called Lake Mason, um, Mm -hmm. worked for some banks for about, they're about a year or so, Jamie. And then I moved to Northern Virginia to work on work for an association on Capitol Hill, which was a great experience, which really drove my interest in, which was my undergraduate interest as well, which was going to law school, which I did. Mm. Graduated from University of Maryland School of Law um, through some great relationships through Hopkins. Uh, worked mm-hmm. for a firm uh, with some Hopkins graduates uh, for about you know eight to ten years, um, and that was a, an amazing learning journey. And mm-hmm. I think Jamie, part of what you know, what do I value so much about the content that you're putting out there is that. Mm. So much of adversity is where the growth happens and Mm -hmm. and where the learning happens. And I just feel like if I look back on life, there's these different sections of Mm -hmm. learning, right? Sure. 
the adversity and even when there were not the adversity wasn't present mm -hmm. yeah. it's just chunked up into learning so practice law um and then found myself advising businesses um and then that appealed to me more being a part of the business aspect appealed mm -hmm. to me more than the advisory aspect um okay. from a legal perspective so i became sure. i got involved in some entrepreneurial efforts and some organizations, which was amazing. Um, and so I either started or partnered in several uh, startup companies for several years, um, and then um, it continued to do so. But then I turned my my perspective and, and some of the things that I'd accumulated as a lawyer and an entrepreneur and an operator mm -hmm. into consulting practices, because I love to coach and help other mm -hmm. leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's sort of the, that's, that brings yeah, you to, sort of to sure. bring to date. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, I mean, it's, again, we could, we could go down so many different rabbit yeah. holes and, um, there's, there's a lot there and, and it's, uh, you know, I love that you're, you take, you essentially said that there's seasons or, you know, seasons in life and whether it's from a personal or, or professional perspective, but just mm -hmm. a period where you spent eight or 10 years at this law firm, learned a ton there, and then kind of transitioned mm -hmm. more to the business side of, uh, um, things. Um, so, um, what did that, okay. So, and I know there's, there's a ton you glossed right over, yeah. um, yeah. But how did, how did you really come to that conclusion that it's that you loved just helping the entrepreneur? Yeah, I think it came where I saw the I saw the freedom of the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I, believe me, we we all know you and I know this full well, Jamie. That yes, there's freedom. <laughs> And yes, there's autonomy. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. There's of work. a lot that comes with it. A lot that comes with it. A lot of stress and a lot of work yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now that's and but, that's you know we you try know. to keep it real on this show. It's not yeah. all just you know. No. Oh, I just started a business and then yeah. I sold it for five million dollars and now I right. sit on the beach. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so and, and I went and I will say, man, it's like um, I didn't want to be. You know, at that point, I was. You know, the 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 legal practice, the legal profession is driven by the billable hour. And so sure. uh, I just felt more of this symbiotic relationship with entrepreneurs. And so that's what I got pulled into. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's not when the adversity stops, right? So the mm -hmm. adversity adversity comes in a little bit of the, the micro version when you go through these professional transitions. Sure. Um, but they can also become more acute uh, when you have challenging partnerships mm -hmm. um, and, and challenging times in your business, which cause this great deal of stress and anxiety. And I sure. certainly, I certainly had those. Um, and one in particular, when I, I had to leave a, a partnership um, abruptly because um, the dynamic was just not healthy. Mm. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some you, you can't talk about or won't, you know, don't want to dive into there, but, but how did you, let's back up for a second. So how did yeah. you, Form that partnership because you know what it would speak to the person who, who's out there that may be looking for a partnership in business not not a deal partner yeah. but a but an actual business partnership right um how did you approach that partnership and what would you have done differently yeah. looking back that's a great question um so um i just keep getting wiser with age buddy I mean, <laughs> i'm so much better at, i think i'm well, so we, much better at picking partners um <laughs> But no, I, I think at the end of the day, I was at that 
earlier stage in my entrepreneurial career, mm-hmm. I was probably overvaluing the expedience of the opportunity in front of me mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. valuing the relationship mm-hmm. um, and and how we would be able to serve one another. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. and, and that became more acute as we added partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, it's, um, you've got to be able to control, have power over yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I felt that there was moments where, um, I was doing too much emotional labor and not controlling, you know, what's mm-hmm. the old quote, the most powerful man in the world is the, is the man who has power over himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I was struggling with that given some of the dynamics of the business and the personalities involved. Um, so I think you, I came out of that, um, and it was a very highly stressful time, a -hmm. lot of emotional labor, uh, and I didn't, that took a toll. Took a toll personally and on your family or, or emotionally, physically, um, not healthy. And, you know, you need to recover from that. Right. There's, there's a, there's a recovery time. There's a, you need to be aware. And, and I think for all the entrepreneurs that are part of your listenership, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really arming yourself with really good tools and strategies and, and, and wisdom Mm -hmm. to be able to lean on um, in those moments. And again, I, I think, back to the two examples I've given so far, Jamie, Sure, I was ill-equipped, you know, to, 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 to handle it better. Right. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's not fair in some sense to look back and, you know, with the the tools you have now and to judge your old self, because, you know, we, we, hopefully we are growing and learning as we, as we progress through this thing called, we, we call life. Right. (laughs) Um, so what and and just before we move on from that what um maybe what type of business or or how long were you in that business and, I was in that uh, business for it was a it was a um how can I describe it effectively um it was a a contract negotiation platform okay um and mm-hmm. it we we pivoted the business over 5 years into healthcare purchasing consulting. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that was the that was the industry. So you had to know a lot about contract. You had mm-hmm. to know a lot about negotiation. You had to know a lot about healthcare. Um uh, so, so it was a lot to know. <laughs> it's a lot to know. And yeah. Uh, and I was there for about five years. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and and just was it clear pretty early on that you, this maybe wasn't the right move or was it more of a gradual thing that In- you... incremental yeah got it okay. yeah got it and then so um and then you you moved on and i know that i'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to do but no. separated from that partnership and moved on and then what no. did things look like for you after that yeah i think part of what the one of the things that i would um i like to operate and i like to consult with all of my clients about operating from a position of strength and mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I left that, when I left that partnership in my haste to be out of the environment, mm-hmm. I wasn't operating from a position of strength mm. in terms of giving myself bandwidth and, and, and intentional 
discernment about mm. what what to do next. That's really that, good. I mean, that, that's, that's that's not something that's, I advocate. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but but uh, sounds like in hindsight, again, we're we're picking you apart, sure. and it's it's easy, yeah. you know, yeah, to play Monday morning quarterback here. But it sounds like getting into that partnership and getting out of it, maybe you were impatient a little bit or, or, you know, I, I don't know, rush things on some level. And I know I've made a ton of mistakes in that regard as far as just getting impatient. But, um, so as far as exiting the partnership, could you have done it more slowly or differently, or how would you have done that? I, I definitely could have done it in a more thoughtful way. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and for sure. And it would have reduced some of my anxiety, some mm-hmm. of the anxiety of my family, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. As I, you know, you, you can shelter it, you can you can compartmentalize all you want, but some things seep through. Sure. Um, and so you I, I would have done that in a more thoughtful and less emotional way. Yeah, got it. Um for sure. And and that that experience has served me extraordinarily well. Mm. Um, you know, since then, but I do think it was a, you know, one thing that we need to talk about more, and I know you do, which I'm mm-hmm. grateful for, is that you've really got to talk about the the mental health of the entrepreneur. Sure, absolutely. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I know there's a, a, so much to unpack. Um, and just to be a little bit vulnerable here, we're we're personally going through some things at home with with mental health, very very close to home, which is. So I've been, I've been, this is top of mind for me. Um, and I, and I recently, uh, was listening to a podcast about mental health and entrepreneurs actually. And, uh, it's pretty fascinating that the, the, I think it sounds like data wise, there's a much higher rate of, uh, mental health issues among Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs as compared to kind of the, you know, the average citizen, if you will. And that's not to say there's not a problem across the board. Right. But, but generally speaking, there's a lot of a lot of mental health uh, challenge within the entrepreneur space. So, I know you know a ton about this, and I, you know, just from yeah. from your you know professional yeah. uh, studies and things like that. So, yeah, speak speak to us about that. Yeah, it's it ends. Here's what's interesting, man. Like ten years ago, there's no way I would be spending the amount of time that I do working with CEOs of of companies of all sizes, but especially the early stage and the small to mid market entrepreneur mm-hmm. owner, mm-hmm. how much time we talk about this, mm-hmm. right? Because the things, some of the things that drive entrepreneurs to be successful are the same things that that you have to be mindful of for your own mental health, yeah. right? Sure. Um, this this intrinsic motivation, this drive, this mm-hmm. this ethic, this. This this cycling on certain things, um, mm-hmm. this hyper focus at times, yeah. it all it it has to be measured or else we lose our power, right? We yeah. lose our discernment. We lose the power, the, the ability yeah. to choose our judgments of events, and maybe the willingness to take take risks or just kind of operate outside of the the traditional, 100%. you know, That's nine right. to five. Uh, I had just very briefly. I had a, a we had a guest, uh, uh, Justin Rothling chauffeur. He talked about. When he was working for the NHL, the guys, this is not an entrepreneur related thing, but mm-hmm. athletes in general, professional athletes, hockey players, I mean, they're willing mm-hmm. to go out there and throw their bodies around. I mean, they take mm-hmm. all kinds of risk there. 
and then the the they were prescribed all these this medication so they're you're setting them up for failure because they're already you know kind of predisposed genetically mm-hmm. i'd say to yeah taking more more of a risk than maybe the the person who's not playing hockey then you're giving them drugs and so anyway it just kind of yeah. you know the i think the entrepreneur is is maybe a little, even more vulnerable in some sense to no question um, you know just from a from a a biological physiological standpoint but also just the pressure that you're speaking about and just the because i've experienced that myself as far as it's really hard to to compartmentalize and just you know shut it off exactly if you're especially if you're working from home but um so you've you've dealt with that uh you know and not to get too too personal but have you dealt with that personally or or like oh uh, yeah absolutely oh absolutely absolutely yeah and it is um, part of what drives that is, I think, a few things. And uh, of more recent vintage, there's been an, this has been exacerbated by the by the the digital age, mm-hmm. right? By the overwhelm mm-hmm. of information, um, sure. by our capacity to absorb it. And entrepreneurs, we always want to. We are. Like you see this, like this is a registered trademark. That's permanent beta, right? We're always learning, never mm-hmm. done. Always learning, yeah. never done. So when there's Love more that. information, guess what I want to do, Jamie? <laughs> Consume it. Consume it, <laughs> right? So, Absolutely. you know, and so do you, there's these, there's these, we've got to build some boundaries, man. And yeah. I wasn't doing a great job of that about, you know, eight, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affected me, man. It really did. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to be a better a better consultant, advisor, coach. It just, mm-hmm. it's so much better because I know how that can manifest and it's not, it's not healthy. Sure. It's not healthy. Yeah. I was actually just mentioning to a friend last night that I've gotten into this mode where even if I'm working out, I'm, well, I, I've got to, I can't listen to music. I've got to listen to a podcast, you know, cause I've, I've got to learn, you know, it's like, right. Chill out, man. Like, chill out, some music. Man. like what are you uh, doing? Yeah. Like yeah, what are yeah, you doing, know. man? Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's so good. That, yeah. So what have you, you know, maybe tactically speaking, yeah. what have you put in place to to put boundaries on your own uh, professional life so that you can maintain a more healthy and positive yeah. outlook on things? Oh, thank you for for that um, that question because I I don't know if there's a more important question. If you're an entrepreneur, if you are an organizational leader, I don't know that there's a better question than that, Jamie. Mm to be answering authentically at this point mm-hmm. in time, right? Like it's, it's interesting. I I've developed over time, this, this philosophy that there's really, well, a rubric really, which is there's really an art, a science and a philosophy to leading. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, if you're not dealing with the philosophy and the science, I'm worried about you. Right. <laughs> and so what do I mean by that? Well, you had referenced this already, my friend, but when talking about the science part of this, and mm-hmm. I've been doing some research with some Johns Hopkins, you know, uh, psychiatry department on this, hmm. which is mindset, hmm. right? And changing our neural pathways, mm-hmm. choosing better habits, mm-hmm. right? Our ability to actually choose our judgments of events that are happening to us, hmm. right? And sure. there is, it's pretty exciting research and 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 understanding because there is power in that there is control that we can exert over that 
Our responses, our judgments are up to us. The world doesn't care, mm. right? The events are mm -hmm. just going to keep coming. Mm -hmm. They're neither good nor bad. It's our judgments of those events. So mm -hmm. that's the science part, right? And mm -hmm. then then the, the philosophy part, though, man, is, is permanent beta, which mm. is I don't want to ever fall prey like I did for most of my life until about, you know, six, 10 years ago of being so wed to a particular paradigm or mm. a way of thinking, right? I'm so much better by testing my biases, by mm. testing my thinking, mm -hmm. um, and by making sure that I really monitor the kind of positive relational energy mm. that I'm bringing to my organization, to my clients, to my family, to my mm -hmm. friendships. Like, mm. Jamie, we couldn't be talking about this 10 years ago. No one would want to care about this. Right. Nobody no would one would. And it, it's certainly, certainly so 20 years ago, but, but even 10, even sure. 10. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So, you know, that's, that sounds good. And I, I a hundred percent agree with you, but yeah. what does that look like for you personally on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you, yeah. how have you implemented that in your life? Yeah. Yeah. See, you're, you, you've done this once or twice, haven't you? I'm not letting you off the hook. You've done this once or twice. A couple of things that I would bring to light that I am so um, zealous about sharing with people. Number one, mm -hmm. if I need to reset my central nervous system, recalibrate it, I do box breathing. Nice. That's so awesome. This, this I just started uh, breathing breath work this year. So I've got my yeah. little th thing right here I'm using, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, so it's, so what, what is that for the listener who doesn't know what box breathing sure, is? Sure. Sure. And I, I tell you what, it, it almost feels a little bit like magic. It's, it's to me, it is <laughs> yeah. the, it is the craziest thing that it resets my central nervous system so quickly. Box breathing is it's, it's, it, it's take, it's taken from the idea of, of building the box. So you, yep. you inhale, slowly through your nose, filling your chest and diaphragm up, you know, yeah. whatever that count is, it feels comfortable for me. It's usually six to seven seconds of mm -hmm. inhaling. And yep. then you hold for six to yep. seven seconds. Then you exhale slowly for yep. six to seven seconds. And then you hold again for six yeah. to seven seconds. Just describing <laughs> it to you calms <laughs> me down. <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, you're absolutely right. Like if you and I had been talking about this at Hopkins, we would have been laughed off the team. I mean, this is ridiculous, 100%. right? I mean, this is crazy woo-woo stuff. Um, I'll be, and again, I, I'm not going to hijack the the conversation, but mm -hmm. I had a little incident myself in late December where I kind of had a, a panic attack, and mm -hmm. um, haven't shared this on the podcast before, but yeah, um, super scary, and um. Uh, one somebody who works with me sent me uh, a tool for breathing, and I started learning more about this. And I'm by far not an expert whatsoever, but I thought this might be something I might try a couple times and then not give it any credence. I I'm doing this every morning. It's a version of either box breathing or some other kind of breath work. I mean, this morning I was outside on the deck doing my breath work, and mm. it's like I just feel so much better after it. I mean, it's. Thank I you don't for understand. sharing that, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's isn't it incredible, Jamie? It's incredible. I, it's I, awesome, and you need five or ten minutes. I mean, you don't need a lot of exactly. time to do this. It's so accessible. It's so yeah. accessible. The only other thing that I found for me mm -hmm. that has even even a, um, a a small portion of that effect is journaling. 
So um, mm-hmm. making sure that I'm in touch with my subconscious mm-hmm. by writing things down, like I will with regularity, you mm-hmm. know, ensure that I'm writing things down, um, which sure. helps me. It's cathartic, I suppose, for me. Yeah. But the only other thing I wanted to say that I that that's really accessible, like like the breathe the breath work, yeah, is I have been doing a lot of reading on uh, stoicism. Okay. Yeah, I, I've and, noticed that in your on your website as well. So, talk. How does that work into your personal and professional life? It is. I have I have described it as a operating manual for the modern leader because mm-hmm. even though these are you know ancient Stoicism is mm-hmm. it's not lowercase s, it's capital S, right? Mm-hmm. So it is. Um, I was turned on to a wonderful um, medium for mm-hmm. this philosophy by a gentleman by the name of Ryan Holiday. And mm-hmm. yeah. part of my routine, which you asked about every morning, mm-hmm. every single morning, I read a passage from the Daily Stoic and I listen to the Daily Stoic podcast. They're very nice. short. They're they're typically 10 minutes or less. Nice. And it is incredibly accessible guidance on mm-hmm. focusing on the essential, mm-hmm. right? That's really good. That is, I mean, Jamie, like it is... Yeah. I I have shared this with other leaders and entrepreneurs and CEOs. They find a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of value in it. Um, as a continuous sort of objective bystander that mm-hmm. helps you focus on essential, modulate your response, you know, just really choose your judgments and opinions of things as opposed to being taken for a ride and being mm-hmm. out of power. That's really good. Just, yeah, being intentional about about it is that's really good yeah i've read a couple of ryan ryan holiday's books and ego is the enemy and um the obstacle is the way i think are the two yeah, i've read but, two two awesome books yeah for sure so um now i do have some rapid fire questions we're gonna yeah. get to but um have we kind of touched on have we checked uh, i know there's other adversity you've dealt with but we've hit the main ones right yeah i i think it's it's like this it's like this expectation adversity there's mm-hmm. this health health and 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 wellness adversity yeah and then there's this professional adversity and the gravity that comes with that as we as we sure. have more responsibility and ownership but you know yeah. um yeah it's and and the more we have wonderful forum to to discuss this like this podcast yeah the the better served we are as leaders i love it so you mentioned now before i get to my my questions yeah. here you mentioned you um, work with uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, leaders, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes on mental health type issues. What other problems, you know, besides that are specific to their organization, yeah. but what other kind of themes or patterns do you see arise among the entrepreneur that you're constantly yep. um, addressing? Well, this will probably be affirming for many of your listeners, right? Here's okay. here are the things that I hear about the most that we discuss the most these days, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what is our priority? What is our, how do we can we be better at relentlessly prioritizing? Number mm-hmm. two, how can I retain my best people? That's that might even be number one, right? <laughs> right that might right. even be one. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then the third is this care, clarity, and connection. How can I, in this age of distributed workforce, and hybrid, you know, mm-hmm. how can I stay connected? How can I be as clear as I possibly can in terms of mm-hmm. our of our mission, in terms of our strategic priorities, in terms of of of, of roles, 
right? And then how can sure. I make sure that my team feels cared for? I love it. Those are those are critical. Those are really good. All right. So rapid fire questions. You ready? Let's go, baby. Let's do this. What's one thing that people misunderstand about you, Chris? I think they they may misunderstand um, some of my energy for um, that there's a there's an incredible depth to it. It comes from care. It doesn't come mm-hmm. from you know a place of you know frivolity. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's good. That makes sense. Um, what's one of your biggest failures, regrets, you know, just if you could go back and have a redo on something, what would that be? Uh, I think uh, one of my greatest regrets is not being more attuned to my emotional uh, quotient earlier in my life, because Mm -hmm. it would have, I would have been better in certain relationships. That's good. That's a great answer. Um, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Wow, dude, that is such <laughs> a good one. Holy cow. Um, so I here, this will be an insight into my soul. Right now on my coffee table, I've got Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, and the Bible. <laughs> so nice. You know, that would be an amazing <laughs> collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh you'd have more than one question there. That'd be a yeah. fascinating conversation. Yeah. Um, if you were given ten million dollars tomorrow, just not for your business or any particular purpose, just somebody wrote you a check, mm-hmm. what would you do with it? So one of the first things that I would do is I am the board chair for an organization called Next One Up, uh, which serves um young men ages 15 to 25 in Baltimore city. Mm. Um, and it is a group that I feel deeply and care for deeply. And these are my heroes. Mm. These young men that are in this, that are in this next one up program are my heroes. Mm. So I would use, um, some of that money to ensure that we had a very, very long runway to continue Mm. to make more impact in the city of Baltimore. Awesome. Really cool. Um, back to your, your, profession, your industry, what's one challenge that you're facing in your own business right now? Scale. Scale. So, yeah. Scale of scale of me. Okay. So you want to reproduce yourself or <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. It's a really good, I mean, Jamie, it's a really good entrepreneurial question, which is it, we can't scale the founder. We have to scale the founder's mentality. Sure. So how do we do that? And so I th- I've got a good plan. But it's just one of those things that you always think about, which is it's it's high performer syndrome. We want to do it all. And that's sure. not that's not doable. And it's not healthy. Do you have a business coach? Okay. <laughs> I know a couple. Um what's in your opinion one uh one of the most important personality traits uh that is required to be successful in your industry? Humility. Humility, that's really yes. good. Yep. My, ego is a ego that. is a ego is a leadership <laughs> killer. Don't let my wife listen to this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's see if if a, if you could try one other. I know you've, you've had a couple of different kind of mm-hmm. uh, career mm-hmm. type uh, parts to your path, if you will, or, or mm-hmm. different career uh, 
options you've tried? What if you kind of tried something totally out of the blue or something, if you had to try a different occupation and completely different than what you're doing now, mm-hmm. what would that be? You know, Jamie, it's probably, I'm probably taking a little bit, I'm probably cheating a little bit in this answer. Um, but you'll appreciate this more than anybody is um, it's an adjacent opportunity. I would be a full-time college coach. I mm, love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I did it, did it for uh one year at Goucher and unfortunately I had to pay the bills. So yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, now how about financial abundance specifically? I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about a lot of the adversity that you've mm-hmm. dealt with. Let's talk about kind of abundance that you've reached mm-hmm. and you can kind of frame that in the financial context. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What does financial abundance look 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 like in your life and what does that mean to you? Yeah. A wise person told me 25 years ago to always have margin in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And this is margin in time, margin in money, margin in spirituality, margin in relationship. And so Abundance financially is margin. And what I mean by that is that I'm not I'm not cycling on it. I'm not thinking about it. I've got margin, yeah. right? I've got margin yeah. to experience. I've got margin that I am not wondering if I can do that or not. Mm-hmm. That's right? really good. Yeah. It's awesome. Um what is a uh We've talked about a few books, but what's another book that you could recommend to my listener out there? I would recommend, let's see, let me give you two because a lot of your listeners are likely entrepreneurs, correct? Yeah, correct. So a great entrepreneurial book, a shoe dog uh film yeah. by Phil Knight. Yeah, that's I actually just finished awesome. it. It's awesome. It's Isn't really that good. awesome? I yeah, love my, it. And my uh my sister went to the University of Oregon and she was on the first lacrosse team. They, they just created here. she was the, the freshman class went all the way through together. Oh, that's awesome. And so um, you know, there's the the Oregon connection there as well. But yeah, yeah fantastic that's... book, awesome story. It's 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 wild. And, and then I would say um another great one is that I've um I want to give it I'm trying to think of one that's really because I have like my over here in my office, I've got like my greatest hits. Um, mm-hmm. Of all the books yeah. that I love the most, but um, cool. but that one's a really good one for your audience. And then another yeah, yeah. one would be, um, I would say, uh, I, I I did like Zero to One by Peter mm. Thiel. Gotcha. I Zero to One is really interesting. Yeah. Um, super super interesting. And I I I do think it's interesting when you have people who have engaged with a ton of entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> Like mm-hmm. Peter Thiel has, or like Mark Andreessen mm-hmm. has, or it's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to listen to those guys because sure. they've seen a lot That's true. of what has worked and what has not worked in terms of entrepreneurial leadership, right? For sure. Absolutely. Um, as we wrap up here, Chris, what's, um, talk a little bit more about your business, um, what mm-hmm. that looks like, who you're trying to serve. You know, mm-hmm. I know you touched on it earlier at the beginning, yeah. but um What's it look like? What's, you know, what, what are the next few years looking like for, for Steer LLC? Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. And I think that it is, it is, we are incredibly fortunate to be able to work with members of our tribe. And that's who I feel a lot of your listeners probably are too, Jamie. It's that these are leaders or owners, entrepreneurs of organizations that are, that are trying to build better. Right. And in order to do that, 
We have a game plan for modern leadership because modern leadership is very different than leadership was even 10, 20 years ago. And so mm -hmm. we like to really partner with leadership in terms of their the, the art, which is really people process planning, but also the science and the philosophy of what it means to have uh, an optimized organization, but more importantly, effective leadership. So we just want to, we want to create value, brother. That's what mm -hmm. we want to do. We want to create value and, and yeah. have a positive impact. Well, you're definitely somebody that's creating value. So drill down a little bit though, before we, before we head out, what, what does that look like? I know you have executive and leadership coaching, you mm -hmm. have manager development programs, rising mm -hmm. leader programs, strategic planning. Mm -hmm. What's it look like if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, yeah. Chris, I want to, I want to do better as a, as a leader here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, great, great question. It, so um, on the on the one end of the continuum, you've got some of the executive and management development. Um, we we always work on a retainer basis. So we have a, which I always love to do as an operator and an entrepreneur, because I know that there's a value exchange. You've mm -hmm. got to keep adding value and I'll keep giving you consideration in terms of mm -hmm. remuneration. That really works because it holds us accountable. If sure. if we're if we're six months into the relationship and the value mm -hmm. is has been met or it's mm -hmm. not meeting expectation, that's really clean. So we operate sure. in that we operate in that way. And then in in more substantive organizational development work, I would call it. Um, that's also a retainer, but there's a very defined, there's always a defined <laughs> objectives and timeline to execute against what the objective is. And so it. if it, in the instance of strategic planning, while that may feel very project um, oriented at first, it's mm -hmm. once the strategic plan is built and constructed, now we have to execute against it, measure it and learn. So what, how do we want that engagement to go and, and how long do we think that should be? And, um, and so it's a very, it's a very simple retainer model. Um, and gotcha. it's, we have a, uh, we have some unbelievable portfolio of clients. Just so grateful. Um, it's it's an iron sharpens iron situation, much like this mm. conversation today. <laughs> I love it. So I know you're in the kind of outside of Baltimore area in Maryland. Do you, you serve uh, clients across the country? Yes. Yes. Got it. Now, typically, the the HQ of those organizations really tends to fall between New York and Richmond. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but but these are often organizations that are national in scope and scale. Got it. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Chris Steer, um, where can our listeners find you online? Oh, thank you, buddy. So uh, find us at www.steerllc.com. Also, you can find my personal uh, and my company page on LinkedIn is always a, a great place to go. I, I upload some, some good content um, yeah, through do. that vehicle as well. Yeah, you put out some good good videos and different things I've seen. It's always a very positive, uplifting and informative content. So I definitely recommend the listener check that out. So awesome, Chris. Is there anything we have not covered that you'd like to? No, man, I'm just grateful for you, Jamie. I'm so grateful that we're still connected after all these years. And uh, much like you did 25 plus years ago, still creating value for the world, man. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Thanks for spending your time with us. You got it, buddy. Um, and to the listener out there, thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource with us, which is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world.
See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.